I'm Robin Amler of IBS Intelligence, and I'm joined by Astyanax Kanakakis, Chief Executive and Co-Founder of Norblock. And we're talking about Know Your Customer, KYC, and specifically a KYC blockchain. Can you explain to us, Astyanax, what you've actually done? <laughs> of course. On a high level, it's actually fairly straightforward to uh, explain. So first of all, very, very briefly, KYC is the process, for those of you that don't know, where a bank or any institution identifies the counterparty they're doing business with, and that's to prevent money laundering. Essentially, what happens nowadays is that we have uh, relationships with typically more than one party. I have a relationship with my personal bank. I have a relationship with two banks for Norblock. I have a relationship with an auditor, with an accountant. All these parties have to identify me. So essentially what we did is that we built a blockchain technology-enabled platform that essentially allows me to go to one bank, provide my information, and once the information is validated, I can use that validated file with any other counterparty in the ecosystem to basically ensure that I am who I say I am, to perform the KYC process. So essentially, you have the customer providing information only once, irrespective of how many counterparties he has in that ecosystem. And that's really the big difference between what is going on today and what we would like to be happening in the future. This has obviously got to be something that's more efficient for banks. Did you actually have to work hard to persuade them, though, that it made sense for them to hand over information to another institution by putting it on a blockchain? Yes, but actually it's not so much that they're handing over data. The key thing about how the platform works is that the customer interface and the customer data resides still with the bank. What we do is that we allow the banks to work in concert in validating that data and updating that data, their customer data. Now, the difficulty though with banks is actually for them to, first of all, see KYC as a top priority, because even though they're getting fined right, left, and center, so even though they're fined right, left, and center, they don't see KYC as really integral to the business. Rethinking KYC means that you don't just throw more money into it, more people, and ask for more data from the customer, but you're trying to find a fundamentally new way of performing KYC. Now, banks working together, that's something new to them. This is where I really had to spend a lot of effort to convince them because they, they keep thinking that, well, if I make it easy for a customer to onboard any institution, then they're going to leave my bank. And to which my question is, do you really think that your competitive advantage is how difficult you make it for the customer to be part of your bank? Then, you know, eventually we do understand each other. We do also, the banks do understand that we don't have one banking relationship, we have numerous. So it does take some effort to get the banks to think creatively around KYC and to work in concert, to work together, to alleviate one of the most pressing problems of the industry. Who are the banks that are currently using this? Where is the system being implemented? So we've implemented the platform now in UAE, in United Arab Emirates, and we have actually four at the moment licensing authorities in the country, together with seven banks. Some of them are leading banks in the region, such as EMBD. Some of them are globally leading banks, such as HSBC. And essentially, what these institutions allow is for their customers to transfer data between these institutions during the onboarding and remediation process. Essentially, really shorten the times of the entire process, but also very importantly, Robin, to ensure that there's one version of truth across the entire ecosystem. That's the blockchain you're talking about there. 
Exactly. So essentially, the, the blockchain component in our platform, uh, even though it's actually the one that is the catchiest, let's say, because you know it's so much in vogue, uh, blockchain as a technology. It's blockchain. Essentially, what it does, it acts as the glue that puts everything together. It's the glue that ensures that there is only one version of truth across participants. It's the glue that ensures that there is an immutable record of all the versions of truth in the history of the ecosystem. And that's very important because it's it has a lot of legal significance, what we do. How long has this actually been in operation? You, you're talking about the UAE, you're talking about Seven Max. Let's be honest, that's not a big marketplace. How long has it been in operation? What learnings can you take from that to expand this elsewhere? So it's actually, it has been in operation since February 2020. So around one and a half years ago. It's the only one of its kind in the world in operation, in the first one, clearly. And right now it holds around 60% of the company licenses of the country on the platform, around 330,000 files. So what learnings, <laughs> there's so many learnings. The learnings are actually not only technological in terms of you know, how do you handle that, that high volume of transactions on a blockchain network. More so, Robin, I would say they are around how you get banks to work together and how do you create governance around such an ecosystem? Because the legal challenges and difficulties around such an ecosystem are more important than the technical ones. We can talk about blockchain all we want, but the thing is that it instills a new way of doing business. And that new way of doing business has to be also described in a legal framework. And that legal framework we had to build from scratch. So I would say this is the biggest learning. What we can actually bring to other jurisdictions where we're planning to expand operations. Let's talk about those other jurisdictions. What's your what's your plan for the future? You have this up and running in the UAE. Have you got a, a second wave of banks joining in or about to join in? Because well, actually, you're not covering all the banks in the UAE yet. You're absolutely right. And actually, it's a continuous process. So I just mentioned the ones that have signed agreements with us and now are live or going live in the next couple of months on the platform. But still, there is another four, five banks, I believe, that they're in the process of joining the platform till Q4 this year. So there's an ongoing admission process of uh, new banks. Additionally, when it comes to new jurisdictions, Norblock is headquartered in Sweden, and we started working first in Sweden and Norway. We worked then in Belgium, we worked in Greece, we've started working in Europe. What we saw in Europe is that the banks are a bit, actually a, a lot, a lot more conservative than they are in other jurisdictions, because for them, and they need to be sure that there is a reference case that they can actually fall back to. They can see what's going on. They can see that something is working before they adopt it. In the UAE, they were much more forward-looking and they wanted quickly to leapfrog technologically. That's why it was such a fertile ground. So what we're doing now is that we're bringing that reference case from UAE back to Europe, essentially back to where we started. And with the banks that we worked before, like three years ago even, we're now coming back saying, okay, we tried this. This is how it works, it works at scale, and this is how it could be implemented in this European country. And by the way, in Europe, it's ideal to be implemented this platform because you have many countries where you have typically three, four banks that control around 80 to 90% of the banking industry and have enormous client overlap. A platform like this could alleviate enormous constraints and a workload that is duplicated right now, both on the customer side and the bank side. Additionally, Robin, Apart from Europe, we actually get requests, even though we don't proactively go towards those regions because we don't have the capacity to do so, from countries in Latin America as well as Asia, because it is a pressing problem everywhere, KYC. What I find interesting about this, uh, and we haven't 
used the phrase yet, but open banking. This is a kind of technology or a kind of solution that fits very nicely with the concept of open banking. It does. It does. It's actually the. Um, <laughs> it, it's very interesting that you mentioned this. So essentially, open banking essentially uses API technology to transfer payments data, mainly payments data, and mainly around retail clients, and allows all these fintech companies or other companies basically use that data to the benefit of the customer and offer services based on that. What we do is something similar using a different technology, which is probably better suited for what we do around identity data. And it allows banks to actually offer validated identity of their customers at the request of their customers towards third parties. And open banking, what it did is that it created the view that we have to work together. It created the view that banks have to open up and actually offer access to their ledgers, to other companies that can use them to service their customers. And what we do is helped a lot by that change in mentality, that change towards openness, that change towards working together. And additionally, what happens, and it works very well for us, is that seeing the identity industry as an industry that the banking sector, traditional banking sector has a lot to offer in, because it really does, it's something that requires a step change in mindset in banking sectors. What you mentioned around open banking has pushed towards the dimension in two ways. First of all, because they see new business models. Secondly, because they see the revenue pie being eaten away by smaller companies. The identity sector allows banks to think of a bigger pie than the existing one and to capitalize on the reputation that they have and the gravitas that they have in the jurisdictions they operate. So I think it certainly helps in terms of mindset and in terms of pushing banks to be more creative with their business models and probably you know shift away from the traditional lending and advisory business. Well, looking to the future then, if you're pushing at a door that's kind of semi-open in Europe because of the fact that people have got or are getting used to the idea of open banking, and that does play to a certain extent to, to what you're trying to do as well, what's the future look like for Norblock and its product five years' time? Where we would like to be is essentially having a platform similar to what we have in the UAE in at least three more European countries. So countries in the EU, where they actually not only use it within the country, but we see cross-country also exchange of data, the request of the customer. Additionally, we would like to see our platform Atlas, which is a platform that allows data sharing within large banks, or let's say it's SBC Dubai, it's SBC London, to be used by at least two large multinational banks. Eventually, Robin, what we want to see is removal of duplication of efforts. And I was just thinking about this actually half an hour ago as I was enjoying an ice cream, that at some point I may get tired of pushing for this removal of duplication of efforts with banks. But as a customer, I really want to see it at some point. Whether Noblock managed to do it or with someone else, ideally I would like Noblock to do it. But the duplication of efforts has to be removed. It's just the most inefficient process ever, KYC. Very important question that we haven't actually touched on because we talked a lot about what it means for the banks and how banks are getting used to the idea. Do customers see any difference other than the fact they can go to a, a second institution? How is the KYC process for them? Is it easier? Is it simpler? It's enormously easier for the following reasons. So, for example, in what we do with the, the UAE, what happens if you're a company and you have KYC? You have to renew your information with the bank periodically, once every year, typically. What Actually, what would happen previously is that they would have to go to the licensing authority, get a new paper, get it notarized, 
bring it to the bank in person, etc. Right now, what happens is that the customer just consents that data will go from the licensing authority to the bank digitally, they consent, and that's it. That's the only thing they need to do. No one going anywhere, no one notarizing anything, no one actually going through all the pains that we see today, but also cost time and money. So the, the process changes dramatically. Additionally, what also is part of the platform we're going to be launching later this year is the unified customer portal. Essentially, a view of the customer data across banks. So as a customer, I'll be able to update my data going to that portal. Let's say I update my address. And then every single counterparty that has access to the data will get the new data. I will not have to do it over and over again. So from the customer's perspective, I would say it's a tremendous change in terms of what's happening today. Aristianax Kanakakis, Chief Executive of Noblock, thank you very much.